Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for choosing Bible study with Garo as your podcast to listen to. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays. We are starting a new year. This is 2023 with so many new opportunities, new challenges, just new things to come. For this podcast, and until we're done, um, we are going to be focusing on the book of Acts. The book of Acts begins where the Gospels leave off, reporting the actions of the Apostles and the work of the Holy Spirit. Beginning in Jerusalem, the church is established and grows rapidly, then faces intense persecution, which drives the believers out of the surrounding areas. Through this dispersion, Samaritans and Gentiles hear the good news and believe. So the book of Acts, Acts of the Apostles, um, goes from AD 30, from when Jesus was crucified and the Pentecost church began, all the way to AD 70, when Rome destroys Jerusalem, a little bit right after Paul was um, martyred. We're going to be focusing and reading all of the book of Acts. We're going to be looking at all of these different timelines. Um, but before we get into that, I just want to share some of the vital statistics of the book of Acts. The purpose for this book is to give an accurate account of the birth and growth of the Christian church. It is now in this time when the Christian church is actually beginning. This is the Christian church. These are the Christ followers. So it's going to give an accurate account of the birth and growth of it. The author of this book is Luke. You might remember him from being one of the apostles. Um, Luke was actually a Gentile physician, so he was a doctor. So there's probably going to be a lot of literal explanations here, um, just because he is a doctor. So he's he's writing with the knowledge and uh, wisdom and understanding that the Holy Spirit is revealing to him in these moments. But also we have to keep in mind that he was a doctor, so he's that that's still a part of him. So we are going to see that in his writing and him being literal and him being explicit and him really describing certain um, situations. Um, the date that it was written, like I said, um, is between, well, actually I didn't say this, but the day that the, the date of this being written is between AD 63 and 70, but it takes accounts all the way from AD 30. That's pretty much it. We are going to be, a lot of people are going to be mentioned, um, Peter, John, James, Stephen, Philip, Barnabas, Paul, uh, Cornelius, James, Timothy, Lydia, Silas, Titus, Apollos, um, Luke, <laughs> Felix, and some other people that we're going to be hearing about. But before I get too much into it, although I do feel like I already got too much into it, uh, we're going to be praying. So wherever you find yourself, uh, remember if you're driving, don't close your eyes. But if you're in an area where you can close your eyes, um, personally not me right now because I got my eye on my kiddo. But wherever you are, just join us in spirit um, and join us in prayer. Thank you, God, for allowing us a new year, God. Thank you for all the new things that 
we are going to be uh, going through in this year. God, we ask that you give us wisdom and understanding, that you give us peace and love so that we may be able to get to all of the things, the good and the bad, God, and that we turn to you in everything that we are going to do, God. Any decision-making that needs to be done, God, we put it in your hands and we go to you first. God, I put this Bible study podcast in your hands and I put this episode in your hands as well. God, I ask that you reveal to us what was going on in those times of the early church, God, and that you plant in our hearts things that we should do um, in order to turn back to you and turn back to your ways. God, wherever this reaches, I ask that your presence go with it. And that you just feel the place and atmosphere with your love and your presence. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Okay. So, Acts 1. Establishment of the church. The promise of the Holy Spirit. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after his chosen apostles uh, after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the holy spirit during the 40 days after he suffered and died he appeared to the apostles from time to time and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive and he talked to them about the kingdom of god once when he was eating with them he commanded them do not leave jerusalem until the father sends you the gift he promised as i told you before John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The Ascension of Jesus, verse 6. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witness, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After seeing this, he was taken up in a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, Why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Matthias replaces Judas. Verse 12. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, a distance of half a mile. When they arrived, they went to the upstairs room of the house where they were staying, and hear the names of those who were present. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip. Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James son of Phileas, Simon the Zealot, and Judas son of James. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer, along with Mary the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. During this time, when about 120 believers were together in one place, Peter stood up and addressed them. Brothers, he said, the scriptures have had to be fulfilled concerning Judas, who guided those who arrested Jesus. This was predicted long ago by the Holy Spirit speaking through King David. Judas was one of us and shared in the ministry with us. Judas had bought a field 
with the money and re that he received for his treachery. Falling head first there, his body split open, spilling out all of his intestines. The news of his death spread to all people in Jerusalem. They gave place to the Aramaic name, Akeldama, which means field of blood. Verse 20, Peter continued, this was written in the book of Psalms where it says, Let his home become desolate with no one living in it. It also says, Let someone else take his position. So now we must choose a replacement for Judas from among the men who were with us the entire time we traveled with the Lord Jesus. From the time he was baptized by John until the day he was taken from us, whoever is chosen will join us as a witness of Jesus' resurrection. 23. So they nominated two men, Joseph called Barsabas, also known as Justus, and Matthias. Then they all prayed, O Lord, you know every heart. Show us which of these men you have chosen as an apostle to replace Judas in this ministry, for he has deserted us and gone where he belongs. Then they cast lots. Matthias was selected to become the apostle with the other eleven. All right, so there is a lot of things here. Remember, this is taking account of the early church and everything that happened. So some really good things to take note of is the continuation of after Jesus resurrected. Um, and we can see this in the first words in my first book. This is Luke writing. So in the book of Luke, I told you about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven given, um, after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. That was verse 2. So in the whole book of Luke, I covered the whole life of Jesus, Luke says. Now I'm going to tell you what happened after Jesus resurrected. And then he's going to tell us. But he says, um, until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. So these further instructions that we see are mentioned um, are to preach the gospel and take it to the nations. Those are the instructions that Jesus left for the apostles. And then we find out that 40 days... After he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time. And he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. So during 40 days after, Jesus was showing up and he was talking to them. And actually, he showed up to many other people because there are many other accounts of witnessing Jesus' resurrection. So we see here um, that the disciples were eyewitnesses to all that had happened to Jesus Christ. His life before the crucifixion and the 40 days after his resurrection as he taught them more about the kingdom of God. It's so funny because today people still doubt Jesus' resurrection, but Jesus appeared to the disciples in so many occasions after his resurrection, proving to him that he was alive. So we have to consider the change that the resurrection made in the disciples' life. At Jesus' death, they had scattered, they were disillusioned, they were fearing for their lives. I mean, 
Peter himself said that he didn't know Jesus. Um, I mean, they were in, they were living some scary times for them. And after seeing the resurrected Christ, they became fearless and risked everything to spread the good news about him around the world. They were like, no, we were we were following the right one. We were following the Messiah. And look, he's resurrected. Like, ain't nothing gonna stop me. Ain't no one got nothing on me. Like, let me do this. Because they faced imprisonment. They faced beatings, rejection, and a lot of them got martyred. Yet they never compromised their mission. These men would not have risked, and in some cases, given their lives for something that they knew was a fraud. They knew... Jesus was alive and the early church was fired with their enthusiasm to tell others. And we need to know this so we can have the same confidence in their testimony. 20 centuries later, we can still be confident that our faith is based on a fact. There are historical accounts about it. In verse 4, we see that once he was eating with them, one time that he was eating with them, and one occurrence that he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but just in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Uh, right here we see something very, very important. So the Trinity is a description of the unique relationship of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If Jesus had stayed on earth, his physical presence would have limited the spread of the good news because physically he could be um, in only one place at a time. So because he was fully God, uh, fully human, he was God in human form, he would have been limited to where he could be um, and at what time he could be because he was in human form. So it was very necessary for Jesus to leave and in leaving, um, him leaving the Holy Spirit here with us so that we the good news could be spread. After Christ was taken up into heaven, he would be spiritually present everywhere throughout the Holy Spirit. Or through the Holy Spirit, sorry. The Holy Spirit was sent so that God could be with and within, so within, within his followers after Christ returned to heaven. It's very important that we pay attention to the within part because yes, the Holy Spirit can be with us, but he can also move through us. So that's the within part. Um, the Spirit would confront, uh, comf comfort comfort them sorry the spirit would comfort them guide them to know his truth remind them of jesus words and give them the right words to say and fill them with the power um so we are definitely going to see a lot of the holy spirit we're going to be seeing him move through the apostles and move through the words that they are saying through the knowledge through the understanding um that's why he says in verse 5, John baptized with water, but just in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And once you're filled with the Holy Spirit, then you can leave because he says, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. So it was very, very vital for them to wait to be filled by the Holy Spirit in order to go take the good news. Um, 
in verse 6, we see the ascension of Jesus. It says, so when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Then he replied, the father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. Remember, no one knows the day or the time when Jesus is going to come back. And he says, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witness telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth and to where you find yourself now into Arizona, into Mexico, into, um, I don't know, Paris, into Canada, wherever it is that you find yourself. That's where the good news will reach you. So during the years of Jesus' ministry on earth, the disciples continually wondered about his kingdom um, and when it would come. What would be their role in the kingdom? Um, in the traditional view, though, the Messiah would be an earthly conqueror who would free Israel from Rome. But the kingdom Jesus spoke about was, first of all, a spiritual kingdom established in the hearts and lives of all believers. God's presence and power dwells in believers and in the person of the Holy Spirit. Like other Jews, the disciples chaffed under their Roman rulers. They wanted Jesus to free Israel from Roman power and then become their king. Jesus replied that God the Father sets the timetable for all these events, worldwide, national, and personal. If you want changes in your life that God hasn't yet made, don't become impatient. Instead, trust God's timetable and his timing. Now, the power that we see here where it says in verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That power believer that believers receive from the Holy Spirit includes courage, boldness, confidence, insight, ability, and authority. And we will see all of these characteristics um, displayed by the apostles in the book of Acts. We will see them walk with courage, speak with courage, be bold, be confident, um, have insight, and have ability and authority. The disciples would need all these gifts to fulfill their mission. And to fulfill their mission, um, if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior, you can definitely experience the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You just have to ask for it. You have to ask the Holy Spirit to come over you. You have to um, be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And something that I don't know if you guys have noticed, but definitely I noticed here, is that. When we see the power that comes over them, for many people, they think that being baptized in the Holy Spirit is, I mean, the only sign that can show that you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, some people think, is speaking in tongues. But that's that's not just it. You Being baptized in the Holy Spirit doesn't mean that you're automatically going to speak in tongues or you're only going to speak in tongues or only if you're speaking in tongues will you be baptized by the Holy Spirit. No. It says the power believers received, and we definitely see it here in the book of Acts, is courage, boldness, confidence, insight, ability, and authority. And the Holy Spirit gives you that power. When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you have courage, you have boldness, you have confidence to take the good news 
You have insight. You have ability. You have authority. Jesus had instructed his disciples to uh, witness, to witness to people of all nations about him. Like regardless of their language, regardless of where they live, of what they did. No, he just said, bless you. He just said, take the good news. Be my witness. Tell people that I died and I resurrected. And because I did that, they can now have eternal life in heaven. They can now be inheritors of the kingdom if they believe in me. Right? Um, In 9, after saying this, after telling this, telling them 7 and 8, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witness, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After telling them this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. In 10, as they strained to see him rising, as they were struggling to see him rising, squinting their eyes, see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. And they said, men of Galilee, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Now these two men robed in white, or white-robed men, however you want to call it, these two men were angels that came to send them this message. Men of Galilee, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. These white-robed men were angels bringing him this message, bringing them this message. And we can definitely see how this message can relate to us because they're essentially saying, stop staring into heaven, waiting for him to come. He told you, y'all need to do something. He told you, you guys will receive the power and that you guys need to be his witness and you guys need to go take the good news. Don't waste your time staring into heaven, waiting for him to come. He is coming and you need to be ready for when he comes. And I I definitely feel that heavy, heavy in my heart this year. I cannot be standing around waiting for him to come. I have to be ready for him to come. He says, I'm going to come like a thief in the night. You got to be prepared. And I feel like standing around waiting for him to come is not being prepared. He obviously left the, the apostles a mission. He left them instructions. Go take the good news to the nations to all people of all languages of all tongues of all nations of all type types of all shapes and sizes go take them the good news and it's when we do that that we are going to be prepared for his arrival so don't just stand there and do nothing do something do something go take the good news to all people all people, all languages, all tongues, all shapes, all sizes, all colors, everything, everyone needs to hear the good news. They need to hear that there is hope. They need to hear that there is hope. In verse 12, um, up until the end, so 26, verse 12, all the way up to 26, we see the replacement of Judas. So if you don't know who Judas is, Judas is the one who, 
who sold Jesus. Um, and later on, we find out what he did with that money. Um, he sold Jesus. And with the money that he sold Jesus for, he bought land and committed suicide. It says that he fell head first and then his body exploded after that. So, yikes. Uh, gruesome. I should have done a warning. Um, PG-13, sorry if your kids heard that. Oops. Um, so it says in verse 12, Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, a distance of half a mile. When they arrived, they went to the upstairs room of the house where they were staying. Here are the names of those who were present. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Ophelius, Simon, the zealot, and Judas, son of James. Not the Judas who we don't like. Not that Judas. Um, they all met together and were constantly united in prayer along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. Um, fun fact, brothers of Jesus didn't like him until Jesus resurrected and they were like, oh shoot, you were um, Jesus the Messiah, my bad. I love you, bro. Um, I love you, God. So there's redemption right there. Brothers of Jesus is an example of that. Um, and then it says in 15, during this time when about 120 believers were together in one place, Peter stood up and addressed them. Brothers, he said, the scriptures had to be fulfilled concerning Judas, who guided those who arrested Jesus. This was predicted long ago by the Holy Spirit speaking through King David. Remember, Holy Spirit is with us, but he also works through us, within us. And we see that right here. Um, Judas was one of us and shared in the ministry with us. Then it goes on to say what Judas did with the money. And he bought the field. I'm not going to repeat that again, just in case you have kiddos with you. Peter continued in verse 20. This was written in the book of Psalms where it says, Let his home become desolate with no one living in it. It also says, Let someone else take his position. And then he says in 21, So now we must choose a replacement for Judas. From among the men who were with us the entire time we were traveling with the Lord Jesus. From the time he was baptized by John until the day he was taken from us. Whoever is chosen will join us as a witness of Jesus' resurrection. I really like this in 21 and 22 because I feel like it shows us, like, you can be with someone like like this man, like Matthias. He was with them. He was with the crowd from the moment Jesus was baptized. It says right there till the moment of his resurrection. But he was never called a chosen one. He was never appointed a title until this moment. So I feel like that teaches us we got to be putting in work. We got to put in work until the Lord says it is time. It is your time. You got to be put in, putting in work until God says it's time. And I feel like that really encourages us to keep going. Personally encourages me to keep going with this podcast. Because um, I don't know who listens to it. I don't know how many people listen to it. Um, I don't know if people like it. I don't know if God's moving through it. I mean, those are my hopes that 
the Lord is moving, that God is speaking to you wherever it is that you find yourself, whoever it is that you are. And I definitely feel that heavy. And the Lord telling me, like, keep hustling, keep grinding, keep doing it until I tell you it is time. And then you're going to be like, wow, this all paid off. Me being faithful, me being true, staying true to who God has called me to be, not to who I want to be. Staying true to who God wants me to be, who God has called me to be, and it's all going to pay off in the end. And I'm pretty sure that's how Matthias Matthias felt. He was like, wow, like it all paid off. God saw that I was faithful. He saw that I was faithfully serving him. He saw that I was faithfully following him. Wow, it has all paid off. It has all paid off. And then it says in 23, so they nominated two men, Joseph called Barsabas and Matthias. Matthias. Then they all prayed. Oh, Lord, you know every heart. Very true. He knows your heart. He knows all of our hearts. Show us which of these men you have chosen as an apostle to replace Judas in this ministry. For he has deserted us and gone where he belongs. Then they cast lots and Matthias was selected to become an apostle with the other 11. So just in this first chapter, we can see so much. We can see how the early church um, started with them doing this sort of draw or picking. Um, We can see that there was a first church business meeting. The small group of 11 had already grown to more than 120. And the main order of business was to appoint a new disciple or apostle, as the 11 were now called. While the apostles waited, they were doing what they could, praying, seeking God's guidance, and getting organized. Waiting for God to work doesn't mean sitting around doing nothing. Like I said, you gotta be putting in work. You gotta be hustling, doing what the Lord has asked you to do. We must do what we can while we can as long as we don't run ahead of God. That's real good. That's real good. God is good and he is calling you. When are you going to say, I'm here, God. I'm ready to follow you. I'm ready to give you 100%. Where it is that you call me, I will go. And that's a really scary prayer, but the Lord will never make you look like a fool something my husband always says the lord will never make you look like a fool god bless you all i hope that you guys learned something i hope that god spoke to you and i hope that the holy spirit touched your lives thank you guys take care